Good to see you. Um, uh, today I thought I would talk a bit about judgment and then move to better root judgments. And that's really because um, we're looking at keys to freedom, right? And one of the keys, which I think is, in some ways it's a little bit um, confusing sometimes for people, is about judgment. Um, and actually, I want to say two things to start off with, which will be good to remember. Judgment is God's prerogative. Yep. Right? So that's the first thing. Judgment is God's prerogative. In fact, Jesus is the judge. Right? The second thing is that as we come into the church and as we walk with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and use the tools that the church gives us and God has given us, such as the scripture, the Holy Spirit, good counsellors around us, um, different teachings, we become able to judge in a righteous way. Okay, so that's the second point. We become able to judge in a righteous way as we walk with God and as we learn what He has for us. Sometimes people are confused, if you like, especially about, you know, what do I do here? How do I judge? Is this little child good for my ch child? Is this teaching something I should listen to? Is this, you know, the way that I should go? Uh, all of these things are decisions that we need to actually do well with in order to follow what God wants. So that's the message, really, about judgment, that we need to actually listen to God and learn from Him and follow him like this. And Jesus is our example. And I want to, I'm sorry I don't have scriptures up for you, but I can give you those another time. Um, but if you're wanting to jot them down, the first one's in John 3. Um, and it talks about God giving us Jesus, right? God did not send, verse 17, God did not send the Son into the world in order to judge. Mm. That's an interesting thing, isn't it? To reject or to condemn or to pass sentence on the world. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. But that the world might find salvation and be made safe and sound through him. He who believes on him, who clings to, trusts in, relies on him, is not judged. He who trusts in him never comes up for judgment. So this is about us. If we trust Jesus... We are free from judgment. You know in Romans 8 verse 1, it says there is no condemnation yep, come on. for them that are in Jesus Christ. Yep. So once that come, if we come into that place of accepting Jesus and what He has done, we are no longer judged. In the same way, shall I say, as other people who don't trust Jesus. And that's what this says. It says... He who does not believe, cleave to, rely on, trust in him is judged already. Um, he has already been convicted, has already received his sentence because he has not believed on and trusted in the name of the only begotten Son of God. He is condemned for refusing to let his trust rest in Christ's name. That's an amazing thing to know that judgment's already happened there. And that's why... Coming to the next thing, of course we know and we were, we were singing about it this morning that Jesus 
saved us while we were yet sinners. So his judgment, his way of doing things is the only true way. Anything that we try to do, we're still learning to follow the Holy Spirit. We're still learning how to do things in a true way, in a righteous way, according to what God has done and what God has shown us through Jesus. So that's why Jesus says to us, um, it's in, where is it? Matthew chapter 7, which is often the big thing that people say, you know, stop judging me, stop criticizing me, stop condemning me. Because God actually says, Jesus in teaching in the Sermon on the Mount back then, he says, don't judge and criticize and condemn others so that you may not be judged and criticized and condemned yourselves. For just as you judge and criticize and condemn others, you will be judged and criticized and condemned and in accordance with the measure that you deal out to others, it will be dealt out again to you. So he leads on to talk about staring at the little particle in our brother's eye and saying, what about that? That problem, that thing that you need to get rid of. Jesus says, don't do that. In actual fact, he focuses it back on us. And he says, get rid of, first get the beam of timber out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the tiny particle out of your brother's <laughs> eye. Now that's interesting. He doesn't say don't do it. But he says, we've got to walk with him and learn how to do these things properly and be very careful about this. Um, he, t he shows us that we actually need to learn from him first and to listen to him and to go with him in order to do these things properly. It's a very big lesson. It's not that we shouldn't judge things. In fact, I'll read another scripture in a minute. We are to judge things. In fact, we're to judge lots of those things I just talked to you about. You know, where do I go? What do I do? How many children do I have? What decision do I make here? Uh, is this wrong or is this right? And the thing is that Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Father are writing the law of God on our hearts so that we have a, a, an impetus, an unction it's called, that we know from God the way to go. And that's our responsibility is to listen and to do and to say just as God wants us to do. Now, Jesus didn't come and say to them, in fact, he could have come and just blasted everybody straight away. He could have judged everybody out of the park straight away. But he didn't do that. He came in love. And he actually lived his life doing exactly that, listening to the Father, saying what the Father wanted, doing what the Father wanted him to do, because his life spoke judgment to the people. What he did, you know, the, the evil spirits that were there, they said, why are you showing me up? Don't say that I'm here, you know, or go away, Jesus. And people came and threw themselves down at Jesus' feet because they knew inside 
that they were wrong. Peter said, go away from me, Jesus, I'm a sinner. They knew. And that's the thing that we are like as well. As we walk with God and as we learn His ways, and as we learn how to rightly discern things, we become those that take the fragrance of Jesus to everybody. This is not our work first primarily. It's God's work. We are bought with a price. We are the ones that walk into the places that Jesus sends us to. And sometimes we have to wait for that to happen. But when we go in, our lives speak. And people say, who are you? You know, the interesting thing, there's lots of interesting things happen <laughs> to me, to us. We were in the shopping centre the other day. This lady came up to us. We didn't have a clue who she was. She sat down and she poured out her life to us. She was troubled. And we were just having a cup of coffee. She just started talking to us about her life. We ended up praying with her. Now, it wasn't that we had any great shakes, you know. <laughs> we were just there, but there was something that God did. Something that she just came and saw us and it was like, she was drawn to us. It was just God doing something. We, we didn't really want to talk to her, you know. But it happened like that. Amazing. Many things like this. God is in control. God will link us up with the people that we need to work with. But the interesting thing is Jesus did not come and condemn people. The only time he actually raised his hand to somebody was when he was in the temple saying, get everything out of the temple, it's God's house. Mm. It was so important to him, the relationship with God, his father, and what the people were actually doing. And we have to learn how to judge righteously. We have to learn how to think about people right and to be able to care for them in the right way and not condemn them, not put them outside but to welcome them, but to also be very clear about what it is that God wants us to do. 1 Corinthians 5. Uh, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church who is trying to actually instruct about things that were going out of order. So he's trying to bring them back. And he says in verse 12 in chapter 5, What business of mine is it? And what right have I to judge outsiders, those people outside the church? Is it not those inside the church upon whom you are to pass disciplinary judgment, passing censure in sentence on them as the facts require? In other words, within the church, we can sense, we can judge what's going on. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is with us. And we have this unction, we have this urging to say, there's something not right here. God alone sits in judgment on those who are outside the church. Drive out that wicked one from among you, expel him from your church. He's talking about someone in adultery there who refused to come in line when the church actually tried to bring correction. And there are ways to do that in Matthew 18. It shows us how to do that. And then he, he talks to the church and he says, verse Two, do you not know the saints, the Christians, will one day judge and govern the world? And if the world itself is to be judged and ruled by you, are you unworthy and incompetent to try 
such petty matters of the smallest courts of justice. That's what he's talking about. He's comparing the legal system and he's talking about God's law in the church, God's rule, if you like. Do you not know also that we, Christians, are to judge the very angels and pronounce opinion between right and wrong for them? How much more then as to matters pertaining to this world and of this life only? If then you decide, do have such cases of everyday life to decide, why do you appoint as judges to lay before them those who, from the standpoint of the church, count for the least and are without standing? He's talking about just anybody in the church judging things here. Someone that's a new Christian. They are not to be in the place of actually judging or discerning what's right or wrong here. It's someone that has walked on with God, who has listened, who has learned about these things and been able to say, actually, this is what we should do. This is what God's law said. This is what the Holy Spirit is saying. This is what wisdom says. I say this to move you to shame. Can it be that there really is not one man among you who in action is governed by piety and integrity and is wise and competent enough to decide the private grievances, disputes and quarrels between members of the brotherhood? So he's talking about those that are experienced in the faith and have listened and learned how the Holy Spirit teaches us to judge things and how to weigh things up. That's what he's talking about. They're the ones that we should go to. So that we actually have experienced judgment coming through and we're able to stand in a good place like that. Now, the reason that God says to us through Jesus he, that we must not consider the small thing in our neighbour's eye, he's talking about the big things in our lives is because if we make judgments, if we discern things, if we make a judgment we are likely to do it from an unclean place. Yeah? We are likely to do it from a biased place or a, can I put it like this, a sin-tainted or sin-habituated place. Do you understand? Yeah? God wants us to have the pure things. So we need to be changed. And that's really what I want to come to now. It's called bitter root judgments. Sometimes we make judgments and we are not fully informed about things. We don't really understand where the other person is, but we're making them from our own experience. Now, experience isn't bad. Faith builds experience. Experience builds hope and so on like that, as it says in 1 Peter. It talks about us growing and changing and becoming experienced at discerning and judging things because we have to do that we have to make decisions and we all want to make godly decisions don't we mm -hmm. so this is important we must bring those things where shall I say before we actually came into the kingdom before we actually came to experience the Holy Spirit enlivening things and showing us our inner being we actually have to come to that place where we bring those things to God and say, Lord, would you deal with these things? Because I want to have the plumb line in me, the Holy Spirit, showing me that I'm upright in resurrection life. Does that make sense? Yeah? So, God intended us to actually be nurtured in a godly family and to learn what it was like <coughs> to have good, 
wholesome relationships, right? But where that didn't happen, actually what's happened is that we have been damaged. And we actually make, we, we start to make a judgment. If something actually happens over and over and over again, such as someone says you're no good, right? Say your father says, you're actually no good. Get out of my sight. Go to your room. And that just doesn't happen once, but it happens a number of times. Over time, you can start to think, well, actually, maybe there's something to this. Maybe I really am no good. Or maybe I'm to blame for a situation. You know, in divorce situations, it's very common that any children that have to go between the parents often think that they're to blame for the breakup when actually they're not. So we take on these things and what actually happens is a root starts to go down and you know what roots do? They feed the plant, don't they? If we are feeding into this bitterness, which is what actually happens over time, we become bitter or we become those that believe that this word that is we've spoken over ourselves or someone else has spoken over us is actually true. And we start to see things in a bitter way. And in fact, you can get an expectation as well that is a bitter expectation. For example, if somebody goes out, I've talked a little bit about this before in the church, if someone goes out with a young man, a lady will say this time, goes out with a young man and he treats her very badly. If that happens a number of times, or say he doesn't pay for the meal, she thinks, well, he doesn't care for me. She thinks, after a while, if different men do that to her, don't respect her in the conversation, just walk all over her in a sense, she will start to think, maybe if she's focusing on herself, she will start to think, there's something wrong with me. And she may become withdrawing or tight, you know, a retiring person and actually start to develop a root in her that talks to her like this. Or she may decide, well, actually, it's the bloke's fault. It's the man's fault. He's just a chauvinist pig and he's not actually taking care of me like he should and respecting me as a woman. And if this happens with a number of men, she'll start to think all men are like that. So she will start to maybe begin to think that this is actually a problem that I'm going to face all the time. So she has this bitter root expectation. So that is something which is not godly. Because God is the author of our relationships, if we will let him be, mm. especially in the church. So, what happens is that these things often happen in the foundational years of our lives, right? Childhood, they're sometimes hidden in the heart and they're unrecognised in adult life, that we actually have this bitterness. And they're most likely to be in relation to those who are closest to us, who actually hurt us the most. Mm. So we need to actually realise that perhaps we need to reflect on those things that are 
closest to us, the, the relationships that are closest, maybe the most meaningful. But if this has happened in our lives, and it may not be about just individuals, it may be like in a company. Or it may be, well, just take my example, I'll just make it up. If there's a headmaster in my school and I go to the next school and there's another headmaster and they are authoritarian, you know, mm. because headmasters have to make decisions and they have to, they have to make the school run, etc., etc. If they are authoritarian all the time, I can expect and I can start to be bitter about it that this headmaster is going to come down on me mm. or they're going to do this as an authoritarian and be a tyrant in the school and it's not going to be good. But if I go into that school and I have that root of judgment already, I'm judging out that person. I'm being terribly unfair to that headmaster or those headmasters. And God sees that. Right? And that's where my expectation, my judgment, even though it's coming from a wrong place, God says, well, you can be judged in the same way. So God helps us to actually get these things free and right in our lives. You see, the bitterness and expectation becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy as well. Take it back to this uh, lady and the men. Pardon me. If she goes out with another guy who is the bee's knees, <laughs> she might come to him and she might actually push him. You know, say, well... You know, what do you think about this? And she pushes him to behave in the other way that the other men did because she expects that. And she already is taking steps so that he will not reject her. Does that make sense? So she pushes this and in the end he does reject her because he can't stand it anymore. It's actually a self-fulfilling thing that happens. And sometimes this is what happens in our lives too. And I hope you're starting to think about your lives like this because we can anticipate things which are not going to actually happen. And we need God to come and to actually help us and to um, change the sinful way that that is operating in our lives. Right? Because after a while, if we hold on to these things, it actually means that we start to go internal more and more bitter and bitterness actually breaks our hearts if you look in the proverbs it talks about bitterness having an outworking and it just doesn't do something to our hearts it actually rots the bones as well mm. so there are many things many diseases medical issues today that perhaps we can see from the spiritual side of things we can see them happening and we need to let me encourage you Read the word. Read the word. Ask God what it means. What does this mean, God? I don't understand it. What does it mean? Get him to teach you. He wants to teach you because he wants you to be good, godly, righteous judges with him in heaven in that day when he comes and he will judge everything. There is a day of judgment coming. We often think of it as a very bad thing. But God means us to be part of this. He means us to be pure and able to righteously judge in this earth the things that are firstly in the church 
the things that are discerning, the things that are to just be decided about outside the church, that we shouldn't touch even. So God gives us all these resources that we need to make use of. We need to actively chase these things. Please do not just accept what I'm saying as well. I want you to go away and look at this yourself. I want you to read the Bible about judgment as well and know where you stand because my experience is there are many views of this. And some people will hardly talk to somebody who's obviously doing something blatantly wrong. They will not even talk to them and say, well, actually, that's not what God wants. When they should be saying that because there's other things that are ruling, such as do not judge anybody. It's not actually, what would you say? It's not a wrong thing to say that. If you have learned from God that this is not a good thing. God does not mean us to stay as children. He means us to grow to young men, to young women, and then to mothers and fathers in the church. Mothers and fathers who are able to say these things. Who've got experience of God. And it's a wonderful thing. You know, we're not static beings. If we are, then maybe we're getting too comfortable. Does that make sense? We are a living organism with God as the head who then shows us all the things that need to happen and what we need to say and do. So, how do we deal with bitter roots? The first thing we need to do is to actually recognise the patterns in our behaviour and relationships which are the fruit of judgement, wrong judgement. Yeah? And they're not godly judgement. They may be common sense, but our common sense needs training as well. They may be born of experience, and we're avoiding things if we institute all the time this bitter root judgment, or the expectation that comes from bitterness, or experience that has been bad. And in the same way, we mustn't always expect things to be the same anyway. You know, God moves us on. God takes us into new steps. Our steps are ordered by God. He will take us where He wants us to be. And these experiences, everything in our lives is, a, is a, an experience that we can learn from, we can grow from. And it doesn't come from anywhere other than God. Because He wants us to shine. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to be those that are sure of our judgments, of our decisions of our way forward, of our steps. He doesn't want things to be masked from us. The mystery of God has been revealed. And the mystery of who He is and how He lives and how He relates is revealed today for us by the Holy Spirit. We are very blessed people, really blessed people. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal what is hidden in our lives like this. If there is something that we haven't brought to Him, and we need to actually repent of specific judgments that we've actually made. It may be something that just comes to mind right now even, because the Holy Spirit is with us. And He wants us to actually leave these things behind, to learn godly ways. Forgive those who hurt us and cause us to make the judgment. That comes back to what Andrew talked about last week, this importance of forgiveness. 
and the fact that we need to forgive sometimes ourselves because we might have believed a lie as well and that has created bitterness in our lives and we actually need to say Lord I am sorry that I've been bitter about this believing this lie you know I remember a case in the UK where a person a lady believed that God didn't love her because she'd asked for things she'd asked God to show her things to do things in her life and because they didn't happen within a time span that she put on it she said well that's it God doesn't love me I'm not going to go near him and that was very interesting because God is not bound by us I do know of other, another young man who's, who I said to him, go and get three things that you really want God to do for you and you will know he's right, he, you will know he's true. So he did go out and do that and God gave him exactly those things and he turned to the Lord and became a Christian. <laughs> but we can let bitterness, a bitter root judgment or a skewed judgment that is rooted in us and we feed from it we can let that destroy our lives and other people's lives as well and relationships in life as well. And we mustn't do that. We need to forgive those who've hurt us and caused us to make the judgments. We need to bring to death on the cross the structures of judgment and expectation. Jesus has already died for us. We need to take our place in him and say these things, Lord, I'm bringing them to death now. Would you please take them away from me? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to um, I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask you to listen and to actually say Amen if you can agree with the prayer, which I hope you can at the end. Um, and we're going to ask God to deal with our bitter roots, all right, if there are any. Maybe some of you have dealt with all these things. You have no bitterness. You have no judgment in your lives, which is wonderful. I hope so. Right? That would be wonderful. But sometimes we don't know. So I'm going to ask now, if we close your eyes, please. I'm just going to ask God. Holy Spirit. Lord, this is your church. is committed to you. Lord, I'm asking that in each one of us, Lord, you would show us by your Holy Spirit, by the soft touch, by the thoughts that you bring to mind, by the gentle way you move. Would you please bring to our mind where we've held something in bitterness, where we've judged somebody or something, even a company, I don't know. We've judged these things for many years, maybe our parents, maybe our work situation. And we have been bitter about it and we've judged them out of our relationship or into a certain place where God you don't hold them would you please help us to remember 
And if we've expected things, that think people will do things in a certain way which is ungodly or which is something that is bitter for us, would you please help us to remember those things? Father, in accordance with what you've written in the scripture about judging and the example, Jesus, that you gave when you walked the earth and now that you're here by the Holy Spirit, would you please help us to forgive them, to confess it to you silently, quietly on our lips. Where we've done this, Lord, would you please Help us to forgive them. But would you forgive us as well, please, Lord, where we've done the wrong thing. And forgive us too, Lord, where we've believed the wrong thing and it's become bitterness for us. Whether it's about you, about anyone else. Lord, if there are a person or a people in this situation, Lord, I'm asking now that you would bless those people that are ones that we've, Lord, asked you about. And would you cut any ungodly link that we've had with them and restore to us and to them the things that have been stuck Holy Spirit would you please would you please take away the bitterness and I speak to any spirit of bitterness in Jesus name you're to leave now right now you're to leave right now any spirit of judgment you're to go as well any spirit of pride I break your hold now in Jesus name and where these things have been used for dominating or for control I say no more in Jesus name no more control, no more domination or where there has been a place of timidity because of these things Father, I'm praying you restore that spirit. Would you please breathe into that spirit? The timid spirit, would you please breathe in life? Lord, I want to thank you. I want to thank you, Lord. Just for your clarity and your purity. And I pray now that you would see all the things that you've done this morning in whatever measure that is, each one of us knows. Lord, would you keep us more open in our ears to what you're saying to us, open in our eyes spiritually to see what you're doing and help us to listen and to learn so that one day we will be able to more and more to be those that are mature in the church and able to judge and able to help others, not condemning, 
not passing sentence all the time on things, but encouraging. And Lord, we bless your name today because you have gone before us. You're the God who has gone before us and raised us to life. We ask, Lord, you'd fill this church and fill each one of us with your Holy Spirit life. In Jesus' name, amen.